Takes the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Greg Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. Here we go. Welcome into the week two edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. Great to have you aboard as we'll discuss all of the week one results here on the show, plus get you all set for week two and a slew of new opportunities for the league to continue to raise their national profile. Mountain West team 6-5 and in 11 non-conference games in week one, highlighted by multi-score victories for Fresno State and Air Force, both of which are receiving votes in the AP poll and coaches poll while Utah State still receiving votes in the coaches poll. Another big victory for the Mountain West in week one, Wyoming knocking off Tulsa in double overtime at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie, giving the Mountain West a 16-11 and record all time against opponents from the American Athletic Conference. You can get much more on your favorite team plus all the action around the league at the MW.com and you can stream games and get highlights and features stories on the Mountain West Network. Recapping week one around the Mountain West, we got it rolling Thursday night as Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner makes it now 20 straight games with at least one touchdown pass. Nine minutes to go, third quarter, Bulldogs with a 14-point lead. Shotgun snap to Hayner, fakes the give, getting chased, throws back to Mims, wide open to the 20, 15, 10, 5, he can walk in, touchdown, Jordan Mims, his third tonight. Paul Leffler with the call from Learfield. The Bulldogs blow out FCS foe Cal Poly 35-7 as Hayner throws for a whopping 377 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Jordan Mibbs, three touchdowns on the night, two on the ground, that one through the air. Also from last Thursday, Chevin Cordero makes his San Jose State debut and the Spartans survive against feisty Portland State. Cordero asked for the snap. Looks underneath, now pulls it down. Now he's going to use his feet. Cross the 30, cross the 25, cross the 20. Makes a move, 10-5. Touchdown, San Jose State. That's Kevin Richardson on the call for Learfield. Cordero scores a couple of touchdowns on the ground. Spartans 1-0 after a 21-17 win. On to Saturday in week one, Air Force coming into the season with high expectations and looking dominant right away against Northern Iowa. Daniels to throw, nobody open. Tucks comes to the near side, still behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, throws downfield, and he's got a man on the left side. Making a beautiful catch and running in is James Hinneman for an Air Force touchdown. That's Jim Arthur on KVOR. Hazik Daniels throws for 109 yards, including that 80-yard touchdown. Plus, the Falcons pile up 582 yards on the ground. That's a real-life number, and they win it 48-17. New Mexico starting year three of the Danny Gonzalez era in style, shutting out Maine 41-0 in Albuquerque. Miles Kendrick impressive in his Lobo debut, throwing for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Second and goal from the 10. The tailback is white. Play fake. Swing it out. Weissong gets a block on the edge. Turns up field and takes it to the house. 10-yard touchdown reception for Weissong. Robert Portnoy calling the action. We'll talk more to Rob later in the show about that impressive start for the Lobos and looking ahead to their Week 2 matchup Friday night with Boise State.
Wyoming wins a wild one over Tulsa in double overtime, 40-37. to If you missed this one, go to themw.com and check out those highlights. Here's just a taste with Reese Monaco on the call for Learfield as Andrew Peasley and Joshua Cobbs connect to tie it up in the fourth quarter. Peasley fakes the give to James. Now he's got a man wide open. It's caught at the 15. That's a Wyoming Cowboy touchdown. Peasley to Cubs. Win number one for Wyoming. The Cowboys are now one and one. And finally, from the opening week, the Division I football bowl subdivision has exactly five 2-0 teams after week one. One of those five, the Nevada Wolfpack. Building off a nice week zero kickoff win on the road at New Mexico State, the Wolfpack beat Texas State 38-14 last Saturday in Reno. Up next, Incarnate Word Saturday at Mackey Stadium. Joining us right now in his first season as the head coach at Nevada, it's Ken Wilson. Coach, welcome to the show. How does it feel to be 2-0? Well, it feels better than the alternative. You know that. So we're we're getting better, and we've played some uh, decent football. We got we got a lot of work to do, but two and zero feels pretty good right now. In two games, your defense has forced nine turnovers, six interceptions, three fumble recoveries. Bentley Sanders, the star against Texas State, two interceptions, one of them a pick six. He had a forced fumble, and your offense was consistently set up with excellent field position there against the Bobcats. How much is that a point of emphasis for you and how you coach this defense, and how do you put your guys in that takeaway mindset? Yeah, well, we, we practice it on, on every play of a practice week. We have a motto here that says takeaways equal victory, and you know we're trying to get at least two every game, and we've, we've surpassed that in both games. We're where uh, we attack the ball with that really athletic secondary. And if we can get teams in pass situations, then we've got a lot of uh, guys back there that can that can ball hawk. And we've, we've been good on run defense, which has kind of helped us in the pass game and given us a chance to have our hands on some footballs. You know, you mentioned getting those offenses in tough situations. When I spoke to you at Media Day, you were effusive in your praise for your senior defensive tackle, Dom Peterson. Already two games in, a couple of sacks, a forced fumble, a couple fumble recoveries. We knew he was a Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year candidate before the season, and he's lived up to the hype so far. How have you evaluated his play thus far this season? Yeah, we, we do a lot of things. You know, like I said uh, uh, back at Media Day, he's the most disruptive D lineman that I've ever been around or ever coached. So um, we try to put him in a lot of different positions. We pick different offensive linemen and try to work singles so he can get a one-on-one block. And it's pretty hard for most of the linemen in this in this conference in this country to handle him one-on-one. And I think in the first two games, he's been as, as disruptive as we thought he was going to be. And he certainly has – he has more in the tank there, but uh, he's pre- he's produced in both games, and he's you know one of our leaders, and that's what's helped us get all these takeaways. Yeah, the defense has looked strong so far. Let's talk about the offensive side of the football. Shane Illingworth and Nate Cox have been sharing snaps and trading halves so far. What is your assessment of your quarterback play after two games? Well, they did much better in the second game. You know, they they both had their moments. We haven't been as consistent. Uh, on offense as as we wanted to be and you know we are running the ball we're we're keeping uh in the short fields where we are capitalizing on the takeaways but we're still having a little bit of trouble generating a a continuous uh drive with our offense and you know i think whenever those guys get into tempo and they get going and they get into a rhythm we we look pretty good on offense it's just where we're too uh sputtery with it and and each time we change quarterbacks we seem to ignite 
a little bit, and we're hoping we get a little bit faster start in these next few games and, and you know, sustain throughout the whole football game. Let's talk about that run game, particularly. I want to talk to you about Toa Tawa. Uh, a couple more touchdowns to add to his career total Saturday there against Texas State. He's now played 49 games for the University of Nevada. He's been through coaching changes. He has split carries. He blocks. He runs hard every time he touches the football. I really enjoyed my conversation with Toa at Media Day. What does he mean to your team and to your program? Well, he, you know, he's just unbelievably tough and uh, you know, you package him with Devontae Lee, and you got two powerhouses in there, and you just have to give them a little bit of space, and they're going to get yards on it. And we need to do a little bit better job of getting them the ball out in space so they have a little more room to run. But I think Toa, he sets the tempo for the offense. You know, he makes plays where there are no plays, and it's going to be our job to get him in some plays where there actually is a play there, and he can get those big gains. Uh, and you know, because he'll grind out the tough yards for you, but we need to pop him loose, and as well as Devontae, and then change up across Patton and and get those guys consistently getting open holes to run through. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, it's Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee. On the defensive side of the ball, Don Peterson, Tyson Williams, Bentley Sanders. We know that this program went through a big transition and lost a lot of guys to the portal, brought in a lot of newcomers. Those names that I just mentioned, what does their leadership mean to this team and to this program at this moment? Well, I tell you, they're as highly a motivated group as you could possibly be around. They, they've got a lot to prove. They feel like they got a chip on their shoulder. Um, they want to be great, which, is, which makes them easy to coach. And they're kind of dragging along the, the guys that we brought in, the B.J. Castiles, the Dale Von Campbells, the, the Cooper Schultzes, the guys that we brought in the, you know, on both sides of the ball. They're kind of dragging those guys along and picking them up. And we started to see some of those guys make a few plays, the, you know, the cross patents and all those other guys. But they are the driver of what we are doing right now, and they need to continue to be the driver. All right, Coach. So here you are in your 36th year as a college football coach in the fifth different decade that you've done this job, and you get your first opportunity as a head coach here at Nevada. When I look at your resume, I would somehow call you both well-traveled and a Nevada lifer. And those two labels don't necessarily jive. What was it about both your nearly two decades coaching there in Reno and your many other adventures around the West Coast that have prepared you for this moment and this job? Well, I think one thing is, you know, longevity yet at the University of Nevada and raising a family here. My son played here. My wife graduated from here. So we have a strong bond with this community uh, our kids grew up in Little League and karate and everything else like everybody else's kids did here, and we enjoyed every minute of it. And then in 2012, uh, we made a family decision to take a chance to go to the Pac-12 and continue our journey to have a chance to come back and be a head coach someday. We didn't know if it would be the University of Nevada. We hoped it would, but we, we, we knew we had to leave here to expand our horizons and get into Pac-12, do some good stuff, or at least – hope to do some good stuff and continue to grow and work with some really good coaches and have the chance to be a head coach. And when this job opened and, and I was offered a chance to come down here and interview board, it was, it was really a dream come true for my family to be back. My, my son's here, my daughter's back in town. You know, it's, it's a great deal. We've got a lot of family here and friends and, 
and we're going to give this every second of our and every ounce of our energy to help this program win championships. What is something about taking over a program and stepping in front of that room and getting the team ready for a new season in your first season on the job? What's something that maybe fans and media don't know about? What are the challenges that being the new guy brings? You know, I think it's, you know, when you've been when you've been coaching a long time, you're you're used to your rhythm, you're used to what you do every day, you're very comfortable, confident in what you do coaching-wise, recruiting-wise, and then taking over a whole entire program. I had a shell, I had people that I wanted to work with me and I I had a a a, a culture and a way that I wanted to be as a head coach or I thought that I did and then I'm new at this. So every day it's new and I tell my players, I mean, I do not have this stuff I do not have this stuff down, and, and I will tell them any day that I'm making mistakes just like everybody else. But if we all pull together here and we all trust each other and we all pull in the same direction, we can do some big things here. So I think some of the things that people, you know, you know there's a lot of little things. I've become a weatherman. I've become a weight room instructor. I've become a equipment buyer. You know, there's a lot of things. Uh, I've been a, a travel agent. I mean, there's all different things now. It's, it's just different stuff that you have to attack each day as well as getting out on the field, still enjoying being around the players and coaching and, and jumping in drills and, and doing what you love to do. Oh, man, it's a great perspective. All right, Coach, Incarnate Word, coming up Saturday there at Mackey Stadium. Uh, a couple of keys to victory. Well, we gotta we got to stop the run. That's always our big deal. we got to control the ball on offense. So we start every game plan that way. I mean, these guys from Incarnate Word, they scored over 60 points, and they only had the ball 18 minutes the other day. So that is an explosive, explosive offense. Their defense got them the ball back. They forced the punter, uh, the snapper from Southern Illinois, to snap the ball over the head of the punter twice. They returned the interception for a touchdown. I mean, they took a top-10 FCS team and demolished them at their own place so our challenge is big we've got to be we've got to be better than we were the first two weeks and that's the way college football is so we went out and battled today and got better and we've got three more practices before we face those guys all right coach last thing as you take a look around this mountain west conference here in 2022 we'll get our first conference game coming up friday night with boise state and new mexico but as you look at this league and as you have scouted it before you get into conference play what stands out to you about the mountain west here in 2022 well i just i know before i got here to nevada you know i think they had a winning record versus the pac-12 last year and so you know, that, that opens people's eyes, and we played a heck of a game with Fresno when I was at Oregon last year. So I know the talent, and I see it every day. I know some of the coaches really well in this conference, and I know how good they are at coaching, and I know how good they are at developing and, and seeing talent. And, you know, for this conference to go 5-1 and one in bowl games, I mean, it's a – it is a well-rounded conference. I think it's a very cohesive conference. The coaches uh, all seem to be, uh, you know, solidified. We have a good time when we're together, and we compete our butts off whenever we're out on the field. So, you know, I think that that the talent, and you know, you, you hit the Fresnos, the San Diego State, the Boise, the Utah State. I mean, over at San Jose, Brent's got those guys. So, you know, it's it is a conference where you. Uh, Everybody in the in the in the United States is noticing this conference. Now we have to win some of the games on the big stage and on national TV. Ken Wilson, year number one in Nevada. They're two and zero, and they'll take on Incarnate Words Saturday in Reno. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a strong start.
All right, man. Thanks for the call. We'll check in on New Mexico when we come back. The Lobos 1-0 with their conference opener set for Friday night against Boise State. The voice of the Lobos, Robert Portnoy, joins us when we return after this. This is Ken Wilson, head coach of Nevada Wolfpack. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Danny Gonzalez, head coach of the University of New Mexico Lobos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The New Mexico Lobos posted their first shutout of the Danny Gonzalez tenure with a 41-0 win over Maine at University Stadium on Saturday. Next up, the conference opener for the 2022 season in the Mountain West as Boise State comes to town. Joining us right now to talk about this strong start for the Lobos, the longtime voice of New Mexico football and basketball, it's Robert Portnoy. Rob, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's great to be with you, Nate. It's great to hear your voice. Hope you're doing well. And yeah, it was an exciting start. So the conventional wisdom says that Division One teams are supposed to dominate FCS opponents, but that has not always been the case of late at New Mexico. Saturday night, Lobos blew out the Black Bears in Albuquerque. You called the action. How did they do it? You're right. Uh, in fact, the last couple of times that they met a, a non FBS team, uh, it was tight. And so this was a, a welcome change. It was, it was cool to see the Lobos dominate an FCS opponent the way they did. And it started with a totally remade offensive line, Nate. And, um, you know, they brought in three transfers, uh, another returning player who was just a, a part-time starter in his first season a year ago is now a full-time starter. And, and really only one returning starter up front. And Coach Gonzalez called it the most physical line that he has had since he arrived. And they just pushed Maine around, and that was a really big jump from what the Lobos were a year ago, where uh, it's a team whose offense is predicated on the run, and and at times, and, and too often, quite frankly, they struggled to run the ball, run the ball at all last year. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that physicality. When I talked to Danny Gonzalez at Media Day, we joked that his offense had nowhere to go but up. I mean, literally, as the Lobos' 130th-ranked offense in the nation last year, what kind of improvement have you seen so far in addition to that physicality in the trenches? There's some explosiveness, too, Nate. Uh, That's definitely something that's been missing, um, oh, since the the likes of a – a Terry on Gibson, uh, you know, was in the cherry and silver, a Jarrell Presley, things like that. You feel like there are some home run hitters again in the Lobo offense, and that's going to make a huge difference. I mean, you know, all the cliches, right? Speed kills. You can't coach speed. The Lobos seem to have some of it now. Um, Jordan Porter is a transfer from Arizona State, and both Coach Gonzalez and his receivers coach, Brandon Blackman, know well from their time when they were together at Arizona State and Porter was there and they, they got him to come here through the transfer portal and and there was a touchdown run that he had um, where you could see that there was penetration that kind of made him go backwards behind a scrimmage on a, a fly sweep of that action able to beat that man and get to the corner and get to the pylon and score that kind of speed uh, I don't think the Lobos have had a lot of that the past couple of years. The Kansas transfer, Miles Kendrick, an efficient 14-17 throwing the football for 170 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but he also did throw two interceptions. What did you like, and where was there still room for improvement from Kendrick's Lobo debut? I'm going to defer to Coach Gonzalez on the two picks. Uh, he said that the first one, Kendrick had predetermined where he was going to go with it. They ran the same 
type of play multiple times again over the course of the game where Kendrick had a chance to make the read, and he did it all perfectly in terms of the mechanics. Um, so I'm going to you know, just give him a pass on that one, whether it be uh, rust or nerves or whatever. That was very early in the game. The other pick was a play where the Lobos were kind of trying to press the, the issue a little bit at the end of the first half and, and maybe a throw we'd like to have back. Um, but Coach T also said another kind of teachable and very correctable mistake. I, I thought Miles Kendrick looked terrific. The, the thing for me, Nate, is he doesn't have to be a world beater. What I saw in camp is what I saw on Saturday, and that is a guy – that makes the bread and butter throw, makes the meat and potato throws that you have to make in the contemporary spread option for an offense to function. And he always puts the ball where it's supposed to be. He seems to hit the receivers in those scenarios in stride. He doesn't turn the back around on the swing pass out of the backfield. He doesn't make the wide receiver have to reach to his back hip on the slant. He's very accurate. If he continues to do that and is able to scramble – and even run in design scenarios like he did on Saturday, it could turn into a real dual threat. Yeah, certainly good news for the Lobos. We're talking to Robert Portnoy, the voice of New Mexico football, as they get set now for Boise State. Robert, let's talk about the other side of the football. The defense gave up a mere 118 total yards there in week one. What stood out to you about that season opener from Rocky Long's unit? They had a a really experienced and, and very good and highly decorated senior quarterback of Maine, Joe Fagnano, um, completely unsettled the entire game. Uh, and it was a, a big offensive line that was supposed to be a strength of their team, and he was disrupted from the jump. His first pass was picked off, and he never seemed to get comfortable. A uh, defense that finished 44th in the country in total offense last year returns more than half of its starters and I feel like can be just as good, if not better, than it was a season ago with all the experience returning. I think the linebacking group is fantastic. The back end, the three safeties, uh, all were starters a year ago with another year of experience. Obviously, have a preseason All-Mountain West guy in, in uh, Jarek Reed, and I think Tavian Combs and Ronald Wilson ultimately will be even better than Reed. Um, it's a defense that will keep the Lobos in games this year without a doubt, in my opinion. Can the offense be good enough to give them a chance to win? We'll see. Yeah, dynamic secondary, and we know that's the area of expertise for Rocky Long. Rob, Rocky Long was calling the defense from upstairs in the booth on Saturday, something that, according to reports, he had not done since 1990. But, but let's expand on that. What, what is that relationship like between Danny Gonzalez and his his mentor and longtime boss turned uh, now defensive coordinator, Rocky Long? It's gold. The relationship is pure gold. I think it's a genius move, Nate. So here's the thinking behind it. The two of them know the defense so well, inside and out. Coach Gonzalez has multiple seasons now running the defense with his own twist on it himself, right, for Coach Long and then again for Coach Edwards at Arizona State, San Diego State and Arizona State respectively. So essentially you have two defensive coordinators standing right next to each other on the sideline. They talked about it. They decided this doesn't make a lot of sense. Let's put you upstairs – Coach G talking to Rocky, let's put you upstairs, Coach Long, and you can see it from up there. I can see it from down here. We can communicate with each other on what we see that might be different or might be similar. And 
Coach G said that he thought it worked fantastic on Saturday. So it's, it's getting the eye in the sky, essentially. And he thought that, you know, Coach Long just absolutely knocked it out of the park. But why wouldn't he? He's one of the great defensive minds in college football. But back upstairs, you know, looking down, maybe he saw some things that you can't see from the sideline. And I think it was just a genius move. Yeah, great storyline to keep an eye on right now. Okay, so Boise State Friday night. And we watched the Broncos struggle in their opener against Oregon State. What kind of opportunity is sitting there for this Lobo team to try and get themselves a program-altering win? It sure is tempting to think, based on that first-week performance and their struggles out of the gate, that maybe Boise is vulnerable. But everybody knows better. Um, They're just as tough and and well-coached and athletic um, as they've always been. And they showed their grit. In, in making that a game after getting down big early, um, it, it would be a program-defining type of win early on, right? It, it's a five-year project at minimum, I think, for Coach Gonzalez. But if, if they could pull something like this off in his third year at home against one of the linchpins in the league, um, that would be a true signature win here. And really, if you're trying to build momentum within a fan base, right, and the Lobos have three home games straight out of the gate, if they could do that, um, you know, the, the interstate rival, uh, UTEP, follows. University Stadium could be packed. It's a really tasty scenario, I have to admit. Yeah, tempting to say the least. All right, Lobo's got a chance. Friday night against Boise State, first game in Mountain West play here in the 2022 season. Robert Portnoy will be on the call Friday night on the Lobo Radio Network. Robert, excellent work. Thank you so much. Enjoy that game on Friday night. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Nate. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work yourself, sir. We'll preview the entire Week 2 schedule when we return here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Andy Avalos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. We'll be back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to this week in the Mountain West. We kick off week two with the first conference game of the season in the Mountain West. Mountain Division showdown with Boise State at New Mexico Friday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. The Broncos 9-1 against the Lobos since joining the Mountain West back in 2011. Ten games Saturday starting at 1.30 Mountain Time on CBS. A front-range showdown, Air Force hosting 0-1 Colorado at the Academy. The Falcons beat the Buffaloes in overtime back in 2019. Colorado State will play their home opener against Middle Tennessee at 2 p.m. in Fort Collins on Ivaca and streaming on the Mountain West Network at the MW.com. Same kickoff time for Wyoming and Northern Colorado on the Mountain West Network in Laramie. Plus, UNLV and Cal kick off at 1 p.m. Pacific on Pac-12 Bay Area. The Rebels at 1-0 coming off a bye. Ken Wilson's Nevada Wolfpack with a chance to go 3-0 hosting Incarnate Word at Mackey Stadium on the Mountain West Network and Nevada Sportsnet. The evening window of games gets rolling at 5 p.m. Mountain Time with Utah State hosting their in-state rivals Weber State on the Mountain West Network. The Aggies looking to bounce back after getting shut out at top-ranked Alabama last week. San Jose State and Auburn kick off from Jordan-Hare Stadium 430 Pacific on ESPNU while San Diego State will take a second crack at getting their first ever win at Snapdragon Stadium against Idaho State 
5 p.m. Pacific in another game you can stream on the Mountain West Network. Hawaii visits fourth-ranked Michigan in a game kicking off at 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's 2 p.m. in Hawaii on Big Ten Network. And we wrap up a huge Saturday with a good one. Oregon State at Fresno State on CBS Sports Network at 7.30 Pacific time. And that will do it for the Week 2 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, score standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at the MW.com. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy week two of the college football season. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.